Thanks for downloading today's UW Alumni Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Van Campen, and today we've got a special guest, Shona Rowan. Shona, how are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Josh. So for those that don't know you and not your background, can you give us a bit of a short bio on yourself? Yeah, sure. So my background is psychology. I actually did my postgraduate studies in education and psychology at the UWA. So I am a trained school psychologist. But realised while I was finishing my studies, actually, that what I really loved was the world of training and development. And I was actually working in a professional development program at the time. And I realised quite quickly that what I wanted to do was actually try my luck in the corporate space and so very quickly after I finished my postgraduate studies at UWA I moved to London and started working as a peak performance consultant and I've been doing that under my own business and my own brand shonarowan.com for the last nearly or more than 10 years now actually which essentially means I spend my time working with big companies and organizations like UWA where I run training programs and I do big events and I do one-on-one coaching all around helping people maximize their performance in the workplace and accelerate their success. So some of the topics I specialize in are things like the psychology of success, um, personal branding and impact, public speaking with confidence and credibility um, and taking charge of your career. So a sort of like a toolkit I've developed over the years, Josh, really, of the core skills and mindsets that people need to have an amazing career and really boost their success, particularly in competitive environments. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because when you say you're a peak performance consultant, I guess <laughs> yeah. the first thing that comes to me like, what is, what is that? I mean, yeah. like, do people ask you constantly like, Shana, what do you do? Is it what, yeah, do, do I, you have? Is it a different answer each time? Yeah, no. You know, I love that you asked that because it's often hard to explain what I do. And so when I was kind of thinking, what do I do? And everyone always says, what do you do? Um, my mentor sort of said to me, well, you're a peak performance consultant because what I do is obviously work with companies, and with some, it's more in a consulting role where they will bring me in to analyze their team or you know to work with their organization and go, what do we need? What are our skills gaps? What are the mindset gaps? What training does my staff and team you know need to boost their performance but what's also happened over the years is responding to my clients needs is how that kind of suite of programs evolved which which all link into very much peak performance you know maximizing your performance in the workplace and obviously in order to be a peak performer you need the right mindset you need to be a great communicator you need to be great at building relationships so yes I do get asked that a lot and peak performance I think is that common thread that runs through my work at that peak performance end of the psychology and training spectrum you know it's all about helping people be the best that they can be and to perform to the best of their abilities you yeah. work with companies like shell yep. royal bank of scotland there's a lot of small businesses out there as well are you working with a lot of small businesses too yeah i've started to more since i've moved back so as i'm sure you're going to probably mention later i was based in the uk for 10 years as i said and so just the way things kind of evolved um i just started working with a lot of big companies so shell Citibank, rbs as you said and it kind of just went that way and when you get in a big company people refer you to other big companies but now that i'm back based in perth yeah, I've absolutely started working with smaller companies. I mean, for me, I love working with companies of all shapes and sizes. It's just, it kind of went that way. And obviously when people talk about me, some of those big brands stand out because everybody knows them. But any company that wants to increase their performance and kind of the three things I always talk about, whether you want to inspire develop or retain your staff so often people will bring me in to do a big client event where I'll speak and it's interactive and it's all about engaging and retaining their clients for other people it's more of a workshop a training workshop to increase the performance of their staff and often in the in the space for you know women which we can talk about later as well as another one of the kind of niche areas I specialize in is helping companies retain their female staff so no well let's let's stick with that theme because I guess retaining staff is such mm-hmm. a key and especially 
I guess in those that choose to start a family and if they have to they choose family or career I mean these days I mean from my perspective I feel like it's both now but is that still is that the case I mean I'm really lucky in an organization where the leaders in our organization are all female they're all mums they're mm. doing such amazing things inside the office and out yep is it like that for everybody no, you know what? Workplaces are really, really different. And so, again, that's probably why the work in that space for me has really grown because a lot of companies now, as you know, there's a real force around the kind of gender balance. How can we retain our female staff? How can we support and allow more things like flexible working in the workplace? So a lot of companies bring me in to help with gender balance, to help create perhaps a women's network or much, much more people now actually call them kind of gender balance networks, not just women's networks. But it's having training processes in place, having return to work policies in place, Having lots of different things so that people are not just women, you know, when it comes to raising a family and being the primary, you know, um, caregiver, that the support things in place. So for me, it is again, it's a lot of um, a lot of workshops and a lot of support and a lot of one on one coaching in that space to support and empower women specifically when they come back or before they go and to make them just feel supported in often those highly competitive and male dominated environments. Are you shocked still today that with some companies that you go into, you're like, really? Like? You're not doing this already? Yeah, some are. And and definitely, again, I'm, I'm still shocked because we're from Perth, aren't we, Josh? But we're <laughs> in Perth, I should say. But the kind of the gender gap is the biggest in WA. Um, so for me, I'm just like, wow, I can't actually believe that. And when I read the stats, I'm still kind of really, really shocked that in 2018 there is such a gap and that there are some of these challenges. But you know what? As I always say, we're still in the best place we've ever been at. There's a lot of change to come, but it's still the best it has ever been if I think of my mum's generation or other people's generations. So I think most places are really trying now to do something about this and not just because it's the right thing to do, but obviously there's a whole lot of research now showing that if you want to have a peak performing company and you want to make a good profit, then it makes sense to have a diverse board and to have women in these senior positions so it's a kind of win-win for everybody now i'm keen to take a step back now before you became a peak performance consultant for those that don't know ballroom dancing is in your background <laughs> isn't it so yes. was, was that the the career path you were looking at was ballroom dancer consultant well, you know what it's funny isn't it because how our career paths change and that's again the link to peak performance so yeah so when i was young probably like a lot of girls loved dancing danced from the time i was little in fact my very first dance um concert ever was at the octagon theater oh. here josh when i was four <laughs> years old i still have photos um but when i was 13 i got into competitive ballroom and latin american dancing and long story short ended up yeah competing for australia had an amazing dance partner and so that was very much my life for over seven years i trained six days a week when I finished high school, I danced full time. We were sponsored by Singapore Airlines and I traveled all over the world representing Australia, which I absolutely loved. But then, you know, I realized in my early 20s, I just thought, wow, I've been doing this a long time. I've achieved more than I ever thought I would. And I was actually really just getting drawn back to kind of university. And a lot of my friends were finishing their third year, you know, of their degrees. And a lot of them were at UWA doing human movement and all that kind of great stuff. And I remember thinking, I kind of, I've done this dancing, I've traveled a lot. No one in my family had actually ever been to university and I just felt this real drive to go to university. And a few of my friends had studied psychology and I was getting into books in psychology and again, peak performance because I was competing as an elite athlete. And it just made sense to me then to do this massive career change and threw myself back into university and did, yeah, four years of psychology with honours and then did my postgrad at UWA and never looked back. It was a scary time. So for anyone listening that's thinking, God, maybe I want to make 
like a massive career change. It was really scary and I thought about it for a long time, but I'm really, really glad I did do that because my heart wanted to go another way. And sometimes the path you're on is not forever. It doesn't mean it was a mistake and <laughs> don't feel regret for that. You know, as you said, the peak performance theme, I draw on a lot from my dancing now. People love that I did dancing. It's kind of a bit of a differentiator and it shows that I competed at an elite level. But talk about a 360. Yep, absolutely went from dancing shoes, fake tan and diamantes, Josh, <laughs> <laughs> to like, you know, course books and studying full time and then the whole psychology and training and development arms so so yeah if anyone's wondering about career change you know a lot of people do this and there's nothing wrong with that and there's always commonalities you can draw as well well it's interesting to talk about the career change as well because it seems like it's a constant theme these days the world's changing so much however people at all stages of their life are looking to possibly change careers is it easier when you're in your 20s or your 30s than it is when you're in your 40s and 50s i mean i feel like for a lot of people that they're they're kind of somewhat stuck in their way and they're like oh it's a bit it's a higher risk i think people i think we do get a little bit more stuck in our ways as we get older and there can be more at risk you know like i think for me the two big jumps i made one was obviously in my early 20s like i said and then another one was when i decided to go to london and then i guess another one was when i decided to start my own business and I didn't have a family. I didn't have huge financial commitments or anything like that. So in that way, I think it can be easier, especially if you are, say, the major breadwinner in a relationship. Then I think, yeah, it can be harder. But some of it, I think, is also our own mindset. You know, the fear in us and we get older and we think, God, do I want to make this change? And I always just say to my clients, you know, at the end of the day, you need to weigh that up. But we do live a long time. You know, the research says we're going to be working for longer and longer. And I meet people who at 40 think I'm too old to change. And I just think that's so not true. It might be hard and you might need to take small steps and you might need to take a side step first, you know, but there's, I totally, I'm a big believer in at the end of the day, you spend a lot of time working and you you only live once. So you should just find a job that you love, that's enjoyable for you. And then it's a win-win for you and your employer. And obviously if you run your own business, it's almost impossible, I think, to be successful running your own business if you don't enjoy what you do. So again, anyone thinking I'd love to change, Get some coaching, get some support. You don't have to do it on your own, but don't let that fear and those kind of unhelpful thoughts that jump up for all of us stop us. Because I know with me, like when I changed from dancing, if anything, in hindsight, I wish I'd actually jumped earlier. And I think often I've met some people, yeah, and they'll be like, my my intuition was telling me this for a long time, but my fear kept kind of stopping me, stopping me, stopping me. And eventually when you do it, it's just, it's usually never as scary or as bad as you thought either, which is why for a lot of people I've met as well, redundancy can be a real gift. People are terrified of redundancy, but 99% of the time I'll meet them and they'll be saying, you know, it's the best thing that ever happened. I was ready for a change. I needed a change. I would never have done it, but something forced my hand and here they are in a different job that they're much more happy and they they wanted a change. Change scares people. Yeah. You know, it, it, scares, it, I mean, it scares me every day yeah. sometimes <laughs> yeah. as well. You touched on before about <laughs> people should find themselves a coach. I mean, you've got yourself a met your mentor. Like, how important is it to have a mentor, and how does someone go about finding one? Funny you should ask. I was at a session last night just on this. You know what? Yes, I think a mentor or a coach. You know, there's there's pros and cons of both, and they're both really really important. I've I've always had a mentor in some way, shape, or form, and for me, both times they kind of happened really naturally because I think the challenge with mentoring can be. You know, it has to kind of be a win-win because if you're a senior person, you're probably, you know, senior people are getting approached a lot about people wanting mentoring and it can be a big investment of time, which is why a lot of companies now are starting things like paid mentor programs because it is a commitment, it is an investment. So the best way I always say to people is if you want a mentor, maybe to start small. So mm-hmm. rather than think, I want a mentor who's going to be my mentor for the next 12 months or the next two years or whatever, and that may happen. 
just start small. So if you if you meet someone and you've built up a bit of rapport, you could ask them, you know, I, I really admire your career path and I, you know, I'd love to shout you coffee sometime or lunch, you know, if that's possible, I'd love to just ask you some questions about your career path and kind of be generous, you know, offer to pay for coffee, offer to pay for lunch. Start with something small and then kind of see if a relationship grows because if someone just approaches you and says, can you be my mentor? I think a lot of people, especially if they're busy, kind of panic like what's involved and they probably get asked that a lot. Like I get asked that a lot. Well, people also think um, about that time come and go, I'm yeah. not sure I can commit fully to you. And it's scary giving Absolutely. up your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I think the coaching space is probably getting more and more popular because you get a lot of that support and advice and everything from coaching. It's obviously a paid relationship. So then it's kind of really balanced. And obviously if you want that ongoing support and help and structured guidance, then you know, if you choose to invest in that, that that's an easy way to have control of that. Um, but otherwise, seek those informal mentors. And often I think they do find you. Like I said, my amazing mentor in London, who's just more of a friend now, again, we had common interests. We just kind of became friends. When I first started my own business, he offered to give me advice. And and weirdly now, he was a partner at Ernst & Young at the time. He now has started his own coaching and consulting business. So, so he's in competition <laughs> with you now. Okay. <laughs> well, we've got different niches, I have to say. <laughs> but, but we do work in similar industries. We both do a lot in law and stuff. But, um, but you yeah, know, mentors and coaches, because it's about support at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, so, you know, when we make career changes, or if we want to have a successful career, or we just want to have a successful life. I think a lot of people think they need to do it on their own. And so, you know, just don't think that there's so much support available. There's so much information online as well for free. Lots of universities have coaching programs, mentoring programs, support programs, peer buddy systems, you know, but you do need to just proactively seek that support. You know, um, don't expect to do it on your own don't hope to do it on your own and especially if it's something like a big career change don't put that pressure on yourself to know the answers because I do meet some people and they'll say I'd love to do this but I don't know how and then they think oh well I have to give up you're like no 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 you don't have to know how you need to know what you want and then there's so many resources and opportunities and people and friends of friends that can help you once you know what you want come up with that plan and I think that's the key because for a lot of people as well when they seek out a mentor they're expecting that mentor to have all the answers for them as well is is that one of the biggest mistakes that takes place yeah and absolutely and so again when I was doing my my, my mentoring last night you don't have to know all the answers you know and I think that's a pressure a lot of mentors put on them and the mentee shouldn't think that either at the end of the day you know a pure mentor relationship is kind of you know um, defined as a wise trusted friend it's so with with me for example if I was mentoring someone I'd be giving them just advice and sharing my journey and what worked and didn't work for me it's not about telling the person what they should do it doesn't mean I'm going to be able to you know miraculously solve all their problems but it's kind of sharing that wisdom and shortcuts to hopefully save you some of the trials and tribulations but at the end of the day you kind of pick and choose as a mentee what you want to take on board but you're right a lot of mentors put that pressure on themselves and that can be another reason perhaps some people say no to being a mentor because they're scared that perhaps that person's going to really rely on them or need answers that they can't provide tough question potentially we'll see (laughs) what's the best career advice you've ever received yeah and what's the worst you've ever received or even heard okay well so much good advice I've received. One of the things I love. Just one. Throughout, yeah, one, I'll we've give got, you one. We've got, we've got to go one, for one. One, one, <laughs> one piece of advice I just think was, at the end of the day, it's your life. At the end of the day, it's your career. And only you know what's going to make you happy. And so you will be bombarded with people wanting to give you advice and you'll hear loads of feedback and you'll read books and you'll go on workshops. And I definitely did. And it can get to the point sometimes where you get completely confused because you're thinking, well, I really admire that person and they said this and I read this other thing and they said this and I watched someone else and they did this. 
So I think the best advice is you need to tap into your own intuition, your heart, whatever you want to call it. The more you know yourself, the better. And you need to filter all that advice, all that information, all the things you read through your own sense of just what feels right to you. So for example, when I decided I wanted to quit dancing, so many people were saying to me, oh, Shona, (laughs) what are you thinking? You've already got this amazing reputation. We were ranked six in the world. You know, we we just, this path was kind of laid out in front of me. People were saying like, Shona, if you stop dancing, there's going to be so many other girls that are going to grab that dance partner because it's, you know, all these silly things, Josh, right? Um, But I had to just keep tapping into myself and my heart was just like, but I don't want to dance anymore. Even though I don't know exactly even what's going to work out for me and maybe I will look back and regret this, which I never did. At the end of the day, I just had to trust myself. So I think the biggest, best bit of advice I ever got was listen to what feels right to you. And also, be, you know, listen to the people who know you the best because good advice, I think, you know, even like when I coach people, I'll always say, you need to do what feels right to you. So out of these options, what feels right to you, be careful if someone just tells you that they think you should do this. So, so, when people so that's give, my best Yeah, so advice. when people are telling, saying, oh, you shouldn't give, give yeah. it up. I mean, were you looking at them trying to manage your career? Well, these were just often friends or definitely coaches because often people have their own vested interests. So mm. coaches, you know, obviously didn't want me to quit because that was a lot of money and income yeah. and status and all of that for them because we were doing so well. But every time people would say that, I think this is another kind of key point linking to that advice my heart every time people would say you should stay like something in me just went it feels wrong when people are saying that and then the other people that were saying well Shona if you don't want to leave that felt like a lighter that felt like the response that I wanted so again listening to how you feel when you play with either option I think is a great way sometimes when people say how do you know what your intuition wants feel into the yes feel into the no and often that helps you work out what you want and what's been the worst piece of advice I'm trying to think of worse you've, you've just got constant good advice all the time apart from no, no, saying no, no, you should no, stay I haven't. I've, had lo- I've had lots of bad advice I'm just trying to think the worst the worst bad there's, advice there's, there's too um, much to decipher I did have advice once from someone and I'll be vague but they were very much around kind of just do it this way copy this very much about kind of try, almost like telling you to be like someone else um, so, for example, it was a presenter that said to me, you know, because I was very new in my career, just kind of almost like copy this other person. But my values were not like that other person. Mm. I had a completely different personality. They were a guy. I was a woman. They were much older than me. And I remember just thinking like, you know, so for example, they were quite a, they came from kind of a stand-up comic almost background and they were really kind of funny and they had all these gags. And I remember just thinking, that's just not me. Mm. Yes, I could learn these and try to copy that person's style. And it worked very well for them. But it wouldn't have worked for me. So I think if someone tells you again to do something in a way that just feels really inauthentic or you're just getting a really strong no back, so it's almost the opposite of what I said, the good advice yeah. is, <laughs> um, do you know, listen to that. I'm trying to think what other bad advice I got. Uh, it probably is related, but I'm going to throw this in because I'm sure people can relate. Just anything that ends up cof- you know, costing you too much stress mm. or your health. Yep. Because again, for me, <laughs> I know it's a lesson I've learned along the way. I got very good. I'm a peak performance consultant. I got very good at creating success and my career was amazing, you know, and went was going really amazing in London. And it wasn't until I had to really slow down a few times and reflect that my health, I was having sorts of health problems because I was just burning the candle at both ends, Josh. I was working so hard. My lifestyle was really kind of imbalanced. So I think, you know, anyone that 
you know, tells you to kind of push harder than, again, is feeling right or feeling comfortable or you're going against some of your core values and your health suffering or relationships are suffering, I, I would question that. You know, again, at the end of the day, we, we are a holistic person and the career is one part, but if your relationships and your health and your well-being are not in place, so if you've got a manager or someone in your life, and I've seen this in some big companies actually, like pushing people so hard that other things are falling apart, I'd be really really careful with that that's really good advice yeah. now a couple more questions before I let yeah. you go now there was one area i guess we're talking about professional de development how does someone go about seeking professional development if their own organization isn't su supporting them for it so how does someone go out and find are there some short courses are there some podcasts are there some yeah, books that people great should link so um well obviously with me so i work a lot in companies but i also work with private clients and more and more actually josh i'm starting to run open programs online programs and i also give away a lot of free information on my website so for anyone who's interested i'm sure you'll show the link but it's www.shonarowan.com i have a huge database now of people that have connected with me online or met me i write newsletters every two or three weeks um lately it's been every week because I've had so many ideas bouncing through my head and so many things people keep asking me with lots of practical resources around anything to do with career acceleration. Also, just in the last 12 months, I've started releasing my own videos, so short, free learning videos. So again, things like that. You can obviously engage a coach. Obviously, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Lots of people do. There's also lots of group coaching programs and there's lots of other resources online. And also, I should plug, just because we're at UWA, I'm actually running an open <laughs> program um, for public speaking on Saturday the 7th of April through your extension program. So there's, there's lots of things you can do. But on that, I think a really cool point that you made and that I've always lived by, some people fall into the trap if they've been really lucky and their company invests a lot that they keep relying on their company and they just sit back and they hope the company will sort of drive their career and give them all the professional development they need. The people that I know that have done the best honestly have taken control of that themselves and have often invested some of their own money and their own time and their own resources to take control of their own professional development. And so, yes, it's great if your company will pay or support you with some one-on-one -on -one coaching or they run some workshops, but most people that I meet that are really, really hungry seek out some of that and invest in some of that in their own time. And obviously, if you're an entrepreneur or you want to run your own business, then that's totally how your life's going to be. I've sp And to this day, not surprising, I practice what I preach. I'm always investing in programs. I'm always having a coach. I'm going on workshops because I want to keep upping my game. I love learning from other people. So there's lots of things you can do in answer to your question. And also just yeah, be proactive about that. Don't wait. And if, you know, some companies invest more than others, if you're really hungry, chances are you're going to move around jobs. Don't don't just wait for your company to invest in your PD. You know, you develop and invest in yourself. There's a lot to take in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I haven't but, been speak too fast. But, but such great, great input there. Be constantly there are graduates of all ages are seeking out some of those extra extra things with their professional development so that's at least they can now come to you well and you're also one stop, doing one a lot stop shop. <laughs> well you're also doing a lot through the so so through the alumni mm. program and all that so you know if you're hungry for it there's always ways ask people like you mm. about what's available because sometimes you just need somebody to connect you to the right people but and, and you're right there it's communication it's like if you don't ask you don't receive as well goes but, back to networking yeah. and building relationships josh because yeah. the more people that you know they can connect you to people they can support you they can help you get a mentor they can tell you what great workshops are on they can tell you about great free podcasts etc you know but you're right it is about you know hugely about being connected and being on the pulse for what's happening perfect now last thing now we ask everyone on our podcast if you could give <laughs> some words of wisdom to a first year student what would it be words of wisdom to a first year student 
have fun. I guess everybody says that, do they? But I think you can take it all so seriously. And when I look back, I was, I did take it all so seriously. But also just have fun. You know, university, no matter how old you are, I do think are just some of the best years of your life. I've just got such fond memories of, of all my time studying. So just really, really enjoy it. But also just learn as much as you can. Kind of have an open mind. Don't have a closed mind. Just absorb everything. Listen to everybody's different opinions. Don't be really black and white in your thinking. Don't be really closed-minded. And also build relationships. I think one of the best things that comes out of any kind of study is not just the learning and how you evolve, which is massive, but the relationships that you build and how they stick with you and how those networks can grow and support you throughout your career, you know, professionally, but also emotional support networks. So, so my advice would just be have fun, you know, believe in yourself, have that open mind, yeah, enjoy it and, and build those relationships. Get on LinkedIn, <laughs> build your profile <laughs> and start building up those contacts on LinkedIn because they will be priceless as you grow, as you move around, even if you change countries, that LinkedIn network is a great way to stay in touch with people. Perfect. All right, we're going to have to end there, unfortunately. I think we've only got through half the questions I probably wanted to ask you, so <laughs> I think we're going to have to do a part two Love of this podcast at some point. So, sure. Shona, thank you so much for giving up your time today and speaking with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Oh, thanks so much, Josh. Thank you for downloading today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. At UWA, we help connect alumni with each other in our university through regular events on campus across Australia and the globe. To ensure you don't miss out on events near you, make sure your contact details are up to date and follow UWA alumni on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.